Welcome to the Forest FM podcast, episode 75. I'm Killian Vigna. And I'm Zoe Bilal Springer. On this week's episode, we invite Neve Greeny back to the show and we'll focus on last minute practices to help you in the lead up to GDPR coming into effect on May 25th. So grab yourself a cup of coffee, sit back, relax, and join us weekly for all your salons, business, and marketing needs. Good morning, Zoe. Good morning, Killian. Welcome back from your holidays. Were you off traveling Canada for a while there, were you? I was just in my own city, went off to Toronto. Yeah, I had a good time. It was very sunny over here. It was nice. <laughs> Feeling refreshed. <laughs> uh, we're getting there. We're cracking into the good weather. So speaking of which, May, end of May, coming into countdown, just a few more days left until, I suppose, everyone is GDPR compliant. Like you're probably sick of seeing all these emails from any software company or any company you've ever signed up for going, attention, we need you to con- uh, confirm consent. But um, I suppose even we've been doing enough of it ourselves as well. We've had quite a bit from the marketing team as well, haven't we? Yeah, here, I mean, we've we've done a lot of things related to GDPR. We've actually had two episodes of Forest FM related to this, uh, one with Connor Keppel, the head of marketing, and also one with Nicola Sharp from Enhanced Beauty. Um, we've written an ebook. There's a website related to this. And we've also hosted a few webinars, quite a few webinars, actually. And we now have Neve Greeny here with us on the podcast to talk about more GDPR stuff and maybe things that you haven't heard about yet. Absolutely no better woman. Welcome to the show. You've been talking GDPR flat for how long now? Jeez, I would say six months. I literally sleep GDPR, but um, no, it's great. It's actually probably made me more relaxed about it. So hopefully this will help people out a lot without it being extremely overwhelming. So yeah. Not only have you been, I suppose, helping clients and stuff over the phone, but you've actually gone to a few trade shows now and you've even presented this topic as well. So how, how did they go for you? Yeah, they went really well. Um, there was a big mix. Probably um, people were definitely thankful for the help, but I'd say there was a lot of people that were shocked that you had to do a lot more than just marketing consent. Mm-hmm. So obviously it's a whole data protection change. So yeah, there, there's a lot to take in, but like what we can focus on is how it'll affect the salon, which is going to be quite different than other businesses. Some are the same, but at least it's going to be salon specific instead of, you know, telling you all this terrifying changes that a massive tech company would need to do. So, yeah, because it's, it's kind of a different regulation. I mean, like software, they do have to do a lot more as a processor Mm -hmm. than I suppose the controller of it. Um, how did you feel, I suppose, was the general reaction? Because like like we said, we only have a few days to GDPR actually kicks in. From the last few shows, how have you felt people are prepped for it? Do you feel good or there's still um, a lot more work to do? Oh, there's a lot more work. So yeah. anyone who hasn't done anything, it's just not to worry. Like no one's going to come knocking on your door on Friday, but it is something that you're going to have to sort out in the next couple of weeks because you don't want something to end up happening in the salon and that you've put nothing in place. You do want to show that you're making an effort and have, you know, we'll talk about different policies and procedures that we'd advise you to do. But um, other than that, like you just have to go along with exactly what you're doing now and what you're good at and not let it take over sort of the panic zone. So what does it actually mean then, I suppose, just to get into the, the basics of it, to actually be GDPR compliant by Friday? Yeah, so like obviously you can put measures in place to help. Um, even if a company had put loads in place that you can still act in a non-compliant way. Um, but like some of the main things would be so it's increased responsibilities um of the salon really for um how it affects how you store clients' data and um, maybe 
figuring out, do you really need to to ask some of the questions you ask and to really get your staff aware of simple things. So, you know, you could have one of your employees talk about a client that has been in for a certain service outside the salon. That's a data breach. So it's trying to understand it on real terms and not just this, you know, terrifying law. So, yeah, it's it's just definitely going to change things a bit, but not too much, I hope. You were talking about, you know, things to, to not to not let the panic settle in and, you know, just try and keep moving with it. What mm-hmm. are what would to you are the mandatory things that salon owners have to put in place, at least the, the very first ones? Yeah, I would say number one would be do a data audit. So that's going to basically you, what you're going to do there is you are going to figure out why you hold the information on a person for how long you hold it for. Is it stored correctly? Um, do people have, you know, is it easily, is it accessible for them to change or call you? So it's really figuring out what you're, why you're storing this information and why. That would be the first thing. Um, the second thing would be, um, well, understanding what personal data is firstly. So you collect loads of personal data in a salon. So you collect a name, address, phone number. For your staff members, you'll collect a PPS number and health data. So health data is, is called special categories of data, which means it's extremely sensitive. So you have to treat it like it's your own and treat it as if you're in a doctor surgery because what you collect is as sensitive. So like we'd recommend, you know, keeping it in a locked cabinet, having a call logged if who has access to it. Because when you use paper, it's very easily accessed. It's very easily copied or taken. So you have to take extra care, especially of health data. Um, the third thing would be doing up a salon privacy notice. You will be able to find templates, maybe if you're in business groups or online, that will help you out with this. You're going to put this on your website. It's going to explain to people what type of information you collect, for how long, maybe if you use cookies on your website, a bit about your marketing consent. Um, and you're going to have it in the salon as well, so people can read it, maybe if they're filling in a consultation form um, or any time that you're collecting information on them. So it just puts people at ease as well. Um, you'd also have to do some policies and procedures if you had a data breach, what you what you would do, or if someone asked for a subject access request, which means if someone asks for all their information on them, what's your procedure? So you have up to 30 days to, to give that to a person. And then lastly is staff training. So you'd need to document when you've trained your staff and um, maybe do a GDPR folder. So it's all about demonstration and documentation, being able to demonstrate everything and document when you've done it. On that last bit, the training, yeah, like does that have to be, for instance, the salon owner who trains the staff or you need to get the staff to go and get uh, external training on GDPR? Um, it's probably a bit of a mix. So like obviously there's a cost if you get somebody in so maybe that's you know not what you're going to do so you could do your training yourselves you probably learn a lot more getting someone into the salon for a few hours or a day or if you send someone on a course but if you if you can't do that things like watching forest webinar reading up about it online seeing if there's any talks on so like one of the talks I spoke at uh, it was about the whole course is maybe four or five hours long, but everyone received received a certificate. So it meant then if they could actually say, yeah, I trained on this day. So there's a lot of free courses that go on as well. Um, 
you might not get all your documentation there, but at least it would help you out with putting people on training and documenting when you've trained your staff. So just on that training, should you get all of your staff members to do training or should you kind of do like a, I suppose, like a tier level? So you've got like the owner, the manager, reception and then the beauticians and stylists. Should they all have different access levels or different training levels? Or um, is it OK to say, yeah, everyone can be trained on this? I would do the training for everybody. So training is mandatory. Um, obviously, some people will need to know a little bit more. But if they understand GDPR as a whole and how it could affect the salon, that should be good. But the likes of access levels for anyone that uses uses any software, you would really need to restrict access. So not everyone needs to access reports or maybe marketing or different parts of the client's client card maybe. So I would spend a bit of time figuring out who needs access to what and going back to that data audit, really figuring out do they need it and why they need it. But, you know, you have to, you know, um, run your business properly if you know, five or six people need access to mostly everything. They need access to mostly everything. But having reasons for it is one of the main things, I think. I do like that data audit example because it's kind of getting yourself to continually assess. And yeah. Ask why, 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 yeah. why. And why you'll do, you'll do really it automatically then once you, once you like understand, um, GDPR like you think about it all the time like for example I was staying in a hotel and when I got up in the morning to go for breakfast they had there was no one there to to say what um, number room I was in but it had everybody's names everybody's room number their contact details all left in a sheet of paper and this is a really like well-known hotel and I was like this is crazy but I would never have thought about that last year yeah but that's an app, like I could take all their details and then they've technically had a data breach then. So you have to be so careful. I'm laughing because it's amazing that that switch in mindset from 12 months yeah. ago to right now, you're you're almost not not so, uh, necessarily paranoid, yeah. but you are more <laughs> Always, aware yeah. of when other people are kind of breaching. Absolutely. Or this would be probably a big one for anyone listening is I've had a few salon owners that said their answering machine is on loud. So Gosh. people are ringing in, asking for certain treatments with their name, their phone number, what treatment, what day, what time. And that's crazy, the amount of information that people are getting. So, yeah, it's it's really mad. It's every day. Well, on that, I mean, you know, you talked about personal data. You talked about health data uh, that was more sensitive. What do we mean when we talk about protecting the rights of the individual? So what that means is, like, up until now, people haven't had as many rights. So like I've gotten so many emails from businesses that I honestly have never done business with them. I don't know how they got my email address. So they're sending me panic emails, not because they really want to take care of my data. It's because they're panicking that I might take them up on not having my information for the right reasons. So like the rights of the individuals mean that if if you hold my data, Zoe, that I have the right to access it if I want. I have the right to know that you have it and why. The right to be forgotten, say, if I want you to delete everything, that you can do that. The right to portability, this isn't going to be as big for salons, but this is the right to send your information somewhere else. So say, like, if you're using maybe like a web doctor service or something like that, um, that you would have linked with your company. That's just the only example. It wouldn't really happen in salons. Right to rectification, this is just if I need to update my email address or my name. So 
So that's really simple. And then the right to object to processing that I don't have to give you my details. But then as a salon, you might have a legal obligation to get them. So if you use consultation forms, you should check with your insurance company and they will probably say yes, but say, do I have a legal obligation to hold this data for, you know, seven, six years, whatever they say. So if I said to a salon, I don't want you to have any of my information, that they can still keep my consultation forms because I could end up saying, delete all my information and then take you to court next year. So you have to really not panic about these rights and say, oh, I'm just going to delete everything. You have to make sure that you know, you're really finding out, do you have the legal um, basis to hold this? I'm just listening to you talk about the rights of the individuals. And right up until now, uh, GDPR has sounded like this really scary thing of you could be facing massive fires or anything like that. But if you just think about how you would like to be treated as a, a client, it is quite straightforward in a sense, but it's also, I suppose, better for you in the long run, because now you have a higher quality of clients and people interested in your services and treatments as opposed to just having like 10,000 clients and that's where this whole all these companies emailing us saying you have to opt in to keep your records it's like no because you're cleansing me of someone that would never have opened that email and that's just kind of like an online version of it which kind of brings me into the whole marketing concept Mm -hmm. like what for a salon owner what's the best way to treat that then so like the good thing is you know People come to your salon because they want to do business with you and they're very happy to hand their information over. So nine times out of 10, they're more than happy to get a campaign from you. But with GDPR up until now, you never really would have had a time stamped when they said, yes, I'd like to be contacted. So mm-hmm. uh, that's the mostly the same with every business, but it's really about going forward that you're gaining clear consent. And what clear consent means is that you are allowing them to choose what they want to be contacted by. They know that they can opt out at any time means that, so you can't have pre-ticked boxes. It can't be mixed in with other terms and conditions that you're going to send them. It has to be completely by itself. And then if I opt in for SMS marketing and they send me a campaign and they send me three campaigns and I decide, oh, I don't really want to be contacted again, that they have an opt out in that message. So that's given me the opportunity to opt out when I want. So that's all. Clear consent is is very, very simple. It's that, yeah, if you use a software, um, it's fine to get verbal consent. So as long as it's time stamped when they've said they're happy to be contacted or if you're using paper forms that you're just signing for it. Mm-hmm. and you allow them to tick and you have a date that they sign for it. So it's more clarity around it. So mm-hmm. rather than going, yeah, I would like to be in communications with you. It's I'm in communications for this, this, this and this. And your clients actually have to take action yeah. rather than just kind of, like you said, that little tick oh, box, yeah, like which we're in. so used to seeing last yeah. year where it's already ticked when yeah. you put your email yeah. address in. Yeah, it has to be very clear. And so it would even have to be linked out that it says it's very clear either saying that this is for SMS on email or it has a separate box for SMS or email. And probably in case people are wondering, people panic a lot about appointment reminders. They're transactional messages. So they don't, they're not the same as gaining consent for a marketing message. But if they didn't want to be sent the appointment reminder that they could tell you and you'd opt them out, but you don't need consent to send it because it's transactional. So you're sending them to remind them about their appointment. So transactionals. Yeah. 
So would your kind of like your no shows, your reschedules and even your abandoned cart online, would they come under transactional? Abandoned cart. Yeah, that's interesting. I suppose abandoned cart would probably be okay. It really depends on what the wording's in the abandoned cart. You know, it's little things that could change it if they try and start off offering you special offers to get you to. Yeah, yeah. Because in a way, they've already given you their information. They just haven't completed it. So Mm. you're just reminding them like you'd remind them for an appointment. But I suppose, yeah, like the main thing is don't be uh, salesy, kind of promotional, things like those. Keep it basic. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're sending um, a marketing campaign out. And I say to people, don't stop sending marketing campaigns because it's GDPR. That's not the point. Yeah. Like marketing is amazing and it helps with your brand and helps with your bookings and people love receiving newsletters and everything. So not to stop doing it. It's just, especially going forward, you should be getting clear consent. Yeah, definitely to be aware. Well, like we said, your marketing is actually going to become stronger now. I know. Because you're only sending content out to people that want to hear about yeah. it now. You're not sending out to thousands of people and only 20% actually care. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it, if anything, it kind of benefits you in a way here. Yeah. Like remember when we chatted to Nicola Sharp uh, in Enhanced Beauty? I mean, she was all about the fact that it was, you know, it'll help me build trust with my clients more than anything. Oh yeah, oh, she yeah. she thought this was brilliant. This was going to be even better again for business now. Yeah, I think it is. So just one last thing that I kind of wanted to ask, and it's purely because it's a massive part of the industry, but also I come from the education department, so I've heard a lot about this training module, is consultation forms in the industry. It, like, they're kind of obviously a lot more different to just a general client information, contact information. Yeah. You've already mentioned that the information you're asking for there is on par with what you'd give to your doctor. Yeah. So do you have any kind of like recommendations on like policies or how to go about that? Or would you just kind of go seek law of, uh, legal advice on um, that one? Well, not exactly. Um, like for your consultation forms. So a big part about GDPR is data minimization. So it means only collecting what is needed. So I know insurance, some insurance companies might tell you this is fine, but when you take in the GDPR side of it, salons that use these master forms. So if I come in for an eyebrow wax or if I come in for a facial, they just are handing me the same massive form. And I would recommend breaking up forms so they are actually service specific because if I come in for an eyebrow wax, maybe some of the questions would be the same, but a lot of them wouldn't be. So you shouldn't be asking me things that you don't need to know that day. Mm -hmm. Um, I would recommend doing that. I would recommend don't stop using consultation forms it it um definitely keeps trust and covers you insurance wise but when you're doing out forms make sure that you're taking care of them so you're keeping them in a locked cabinet um you don't you really figure out who actually needs access to them and ideally even though it sounds dramatic that you have a call log of who's accessing the forms because what happens is if someone goes in and takes 50 consultation forms are you going to cop on that they've done it? So you really need to make sure that it's very safe, that you're not leaving them around the reception desk. And this was a really scary um, story. We heard about a salon in Finland last week. They filled out a consultation form. They left them in a place beside the reception desk and a client that was getting their hair done saw, the, or maybe it was beauty, saw the form, took a photo of the form, said nothing to the salon, but then sent it to the client who filled out the form. 
So they actually knew the person. Because all their information was on the front, their name, their address, their phone number, their email. And they sent it to the client, a photo directly to them and said, this is what they're doing with your data. That's mental. But that's exactly why I asked that question. Because when I was doing a few of the consultation forms webinars, one thing that came up from a salon that said that they were doing, so they said they hadn't moved over to digital yet. It was something they're looking into. A big part of it was paper consultations, but they were actually getting a time lock safe uh, with the logbook. So the staff member, their name, their, uh, I suppose, occupation or their role in the Mm -hmm. salon, the time and why they went. But they also had a camera up in the corner of the room as well. So timestamps that logbook as well. And that's how extreme some people are going with this information because it's such personal information. Oh, and people don't realise it. And I probably didn't realise it. But what happens is if people don't feel comfortable in a salon or feel like it's trustworthy, what happens is people actually won't tell you some of the information you, you need to know. Yeah. And what happens then is you end up giving a treatment to someone that it won't be effective or something actually might happen because maybe they're afraid to put it in that form because what will be done with it after or where will it end up? But in the doctors, you'd never hold back information because you automatically feel like you trust them. But you'd also pull them up straight away straight if, you felt, away. Uh, uh, if you saw a form left out in a doctor's office. But there it, is no way I'd be going back to but that my, doctor. The salon I go to when we were getting started out for consultation forms, digital forms, um, I was getting some of the questions from her and she handed me someone's information and said oh I didn't uh oh I can't find any um plain ones here's this form and thank god it was just their name and address because they're a hair salon it wasn't in depth but I was like you can't do that you can't hand me someone's information but she was just doing out of the good of her heart and this is why when you train your staff it needs to be on these terms like with these examples because it's until you think about how it happens in the salon you don't realize to the extent of it yeah, I think that is it's it's a definitely a good way of ending this is get your staff trained, demonstrate accountability, but yeah. also kind of maybe do some practice runs and stuff yeah. for when they are handing out personal information. Because even though it's due on the twenty fifth of May, You've lost just get, yeah, get it locked down now. Get mm. used to this. If you have software, put pins, staff pins in. Yeah. So all those auto trails are already done. Yeah. Just get Get into the habit of it. And that's what we've been trying to get people to do over the last two months is habit, habit, habit. Absolutely. And because you might say, I don't have time before Friday, don't don't make it that that's a reason why you won't do it. Mm-hmm. So even if you don't have time until next Tuesday or this Sunday when you have a few hours off work, do sit down and do it. Because if something was ever to happen in your salon, and your salon was audited, if you can demonstrate that you have put in the effort and tried, they would be way easier on you than if you walked in and you had the attitude of, oh, sure, this doesn't apply to me. That's the difference. They like You can have mistakes in it or only have put in a small effort at the start and build it up over time, but do do something. Oh, of course. I mean, like mistakes happen, accidents happen. Yeah. But if you and your team can demonstrate during that audit yes. that everyone was on board, this is everyone is aware of what they can and can't do, yeah. and this is how they're going about it together, then that's going to look so much better than if you've got a team of people who couldn't care less. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. So I suppose my last question uh, for you, Neve, is there has been quite a bit of confusion, I believe, on social media in the last few weeks, or at least on certain um, salon industry groups, around what Forest can do to help you become compliant. So um, a lot of people have heard about the consultation forms, but there are also other, you know, just even the, the smart client card, uh, which is going to be compliant. 
Yeah, absolutely. So the best way, I, I think people got confused because GDPR is quite, quite complex. So you think that if you use a software that that's it, that you've done everything, you don't need to do anything more. So the best way I explained it is for anyone using Forest, imagine the software you're using right now with nothing extra added. We've made all the relevant changes and implemented different tools to help you be compliant. So we've added, you know, pop-up boxes to gain clear consent. We've added a retention period. So at least you can automatically put in how long you want to keep information for and it deletes it for you. We do consent for photos. So if you want to stop, maybe stop putting so many photos of clients on your own mobile because that's really personal. Keep it on Forest Go. It doesn't save on your mobile. You can take that if they've consented for Mark or to be put online. And that's a big thing. And we probably didn't cover. You really, really need consent to put photos up of somebody if it identifies somebody. So if you don't do it already, either you make them sign something or you use Forest Go, you need it time stamped. If you're using paper, you need a signature. So, so important. So like the example is like I would use with Forest. Facebook will hopefully they will have made all the changes necessary to be compliant, but I could still act in a non-compliant way by putting a photo up of you, Zoe, without you consenting to it. Mm-hmm. So it's the exact same with Forest. We've made any changes. You have to put in your access codes. We have trails there. And then obviously, like you said, um, there is our new digital consultation form. So that's available to anyone on the complete advantage package. But these forms are a way for you go, to go digital with your own paper forms, but you can still be compliant with your paper forms. Like I was saying earlier, with a call log in a locked place. And then what we have then, what we're introducing is a smart client card. So that's going to be a way for you to gather details on an iPad or tablet. So when someone comes in and the salon's busy, that you want to get their details, you want to know where you've um where they heard of you and to get marketing consent. But you can get marketing consent through the pop-up as well. So yeah, we have introduced a lot of things. And to be honest, I'd say it's not the end of things that we're going to implement to help with the law. So it's an absolutely amazing start anyway. Absolutely. I think that's what, that was the main confusion. I think it's because people thought it was either the digital consultation forms or nothing. Yes, they saw GDPR and thought I have to pay to be compliant or upgrade to be compliant, but not at all. As um, a software provider, you have to make the changes. And, you know, and like for anyone who isn't using Forest, you really should contact your software and see what have you done. Because at the trade show, I spoke to a lot of people that, you know, maybe their software provider hasn't got back to them or hasn't confirmed that any changes will be made. So simple things like, you know, marketing consent, opt-outs in your messages, like our opt-outs can't be removed now. So even if you did forget, you can't remove it. So little things that just want to help people along the way, but that's that's all it is, you know, putting the tools in place to help you um, with this new change in law. Well, that's absolutely brilliant and even to... Uh... Thanks for clearing that all up, especially with no the last problem. few days to go. Um, but I mean, like, yeah, okay. In a, in a sense, there is a lot of information, but it's not that much at the same time, especially when you've kind of, like a lot of people are moving to software these days. So yeah. your software should be taking care of yeah. some of those things. But again, you just need to liaise and I suppose work with your team as well. Yeah. But um, like it actually is enjoyable when you get into it. But like to wrap it up, the main things you need to do is get a privacy policy on your website and in the salon, do up your policies and procedures and train your staff. 
and like that, honestly, if you had to, obviously there could be more you need to do, but if you needed to do three things in the next few days, they are the three things I would choose. And we'll post Neve's mobile number yeah. on that too as well. So my, my house number. <laughs> house number, mobile, fax, email, everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's been brilliant. Thanks a million for joining no us today, Neve. Anytime. So that was Neve Greeny, our salon business advisor here at Forest. And now it's time for the second half of our show. Yes. So Forest Academy webinars, we don't have too many coming up, but we do have one that you will enjoy. Um, so it's a very, very first time that we run this one. It's going to happen on June 18th and it's all about work-life balance with Chris Brennan. So for anyone who's attended the summit this year in 2018, January, Chris Brennan ran a workshop on work-life balance. And essentially, he's going to take a few concepts from there and work it off in this one hour long webinar just for you guys. And it's free to attend as usual. All you have to do to sign up for it is go onto our Facebook page in the event section, click on get information once you see that event and enter your details and uh, you'll get a link in your emails to join on the day. Other than that, we have a new contest. And um, if you do, if you want to enter, you're in with a chance to win a portable photo printer. So it's the it's the HP Sprocket, it's called. But essentially, like we keep talking about, it's no longer enough to just offer a good haircut or you know a good facial or, or anything like that, right? So this could actually be a really cool idea if you wanted to create, mem- like obviously you're creating memories with your clients, but if you wanted to share those memories instantly, um, this printer, this portable printer, that's it's about the size of a phone. You link it to your smartphone and then you can print photos straight from your phone to the printer and hand them over to your clients instantly, which is really, really cool. And so if you want to enter that, that's on Facebook. It's on our blog as well. The link is going to be in the description of this podcast episode. And all you have to do is sign up with your details and that's it. So that's kind of like turning your smartphone into a Polaroid, is it? Almost, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I suppose for anyone that is GDPR concerned, you could always just get your client to sign the back of that photo if you want to keep it yourself. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> if you've got your uh, your wall of fame that a lot of salons do, just sign the back of your photo. Done. Done. So, yeah, so that's pretty much uh, all that I have in terms of news, Killian. If you have any feedback, feel free to leave us a review on iTunes or on Stitcher. We're always looking for suggestions on how to improve the show. Otherwise, have a wonderful week. Good luck with GDPR and we'll catch you next Monday. All the best.